the Yak Legion Podcast, and the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Podcast are sponsored by the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail. You can reach them at BuckeyeKayakFishingTrail.com. Strictly Sail in Blue Ash, Ohio. Reach out to Brian for all your Hobie needs at 513-984-1907. And American Tackle Company. You can find them at americantackle.us. Howdy, y'all. You're listening to the Yak Legion Podcast. And tonight I have a very special guest, Austin Todd of American Tackle. I've been trying to get this guy on for a few months now. He's a very busy man down there in Florida. Uh, he just moved his whole workshop over to a new building. So uh, he's got a lot going on. Uh, they were down at ICAST this, this past year and won many awards for their um, technology and their rod making skills. So uh, I got Johnny on tonight. John Graves, how's it going, buddy? Going great, Zach, man. I'm just ex- super excited to be here. Oh, 100%. Now, I know John from John Graves Kayak Fishing. Uh, he's a nut for American Tackle. And um, I know everybody listening to the podcast, you've heard American Tackle in my commercials. So let's talk to the man himself, Austin Todd. How's it going tonight, buddy? Doing well, brother. Doing well. Had a good day today at work. And uh, like you were talking about, in the new facility and uh, still, you know, kind of uh, getting used to that, getting uh moving around the new building but it is a it's a huge improvement we're absolutely loving it so far so no complaints there you got a lot more space in the new building set up a bigger operation oh yeah yeah because we I, I believe the number is it's right around uh three and a half times the size of uh what the old building was uh so it, it, it definitely a lot more space you know just uh just being able to move around and, and uh, pick things for orders. I mean, just uh, definitely a lot easier. Oh, 100%, man. That's amazing. I know you guys just lit it up at ICAST this year, and I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what you guys come out with this year, man. Um, how was the ICAST experience, and uh, how did it feel to come out on top, man? <laughs> it was pretty great. Uh this past ICAST, because uh, I've been to three so far with American Tackle, and uh, this wow. last one, 2019, it was uh, it was special, uh, definitely for sure. You know, our first uh, ICAST award since I've been working, uh, we won for our microwave uh, 20 finesse, and so uh, definitely had a great time with that, great show. Uh, actually, the first time I got to meet John, uh, John here in person too. So that was, we had a a, a great group of pro staffers. I mean, just a, a great group of pro staffers there this year. It was definitely my favorite cast so far. Yeah, I've seen you guys with this flip-off contest you guys had going down there. Uh, I think Johnny participated a little bit, did you? Well, <laughs> humbly as I did, you know, you get a few uh, minutes to try it before and after. But I tell you, some of the cast, it, it, it gave me a whole new appreciation for flipping a jig. And I certainly, well, you know, I brought that home and we, we all got together as anglers here in the, uh, in the, in the area and did our own little flip off. But man, it's a lot of fun and it's super exciting because it draws just a massive amount of people around the American tackle booth there. It was very, it was exciting to see that. Wow, man. Do you have any sticks up there? I mean, any uh, big-time celebrities stop by and participate? Or? That's awesome. Uh, awesome. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, so this past year, some of the big ones that we had, uh, who we had Thrift this year. We had Brian Thrift. Uh, who else did we have? We had Brandon Lester. He's another good guy. Um, oh. You know, it, it's hard to keep track. I know in the past we've had uh, a lot of big people like Thrift. Uh, we had Trevor Fitzgerald from Fitzgerald Brats. He's won the past two. Uh, before that, John Cox. John Cox won two of those. Uh, we've had another a lot of big names like Floyd Duckett, uh, Dean Rojas, Aaron Martins. You know, we've had a lot of like you said, a lot of big sticks that have uh, that have done the competition, and uh, it, it's pretty neat to see. They're on the test board. Definitely brings a lot of attention to the booth over there. Yeah, definitely. Sorry about that. I had some technical difficulties there. So, um, Austin, man, let's let's get into the beginning. 
uh, how did American Tackle start? What gave you the inspiration to uh, to create um, fishing rods? So how it started, actually, uh, the company itself, American Tackle, I think this year we're going on 38 or 39 years of being a company. Wow. So it, it's been a while. Uh, our, our president, who uh, he's actually up in the north, too, uh, up in the northeast. He's out of Boston. Uh, his name is Joe, Joe Meehan. He, um, him and his dad actually started the company years and years ago. Uh, and then we uh, we brought on some other staff, uh, you know, our vice president, currently Darren, who John has met at ICAST. Um, and so uh, that was probably about 10 or so, maybe 12 years ago. And then uh, the thing that really kind of changed everything, though, and like you mentioned, uh, the thing that really brought, I think, American Tackle kind of forward into the limelight was the microwave guides. Uh, that was definitely a big changing point for us and, and basically how the story goes is that uh, uh, Doug Hannon, uh, also known as the Bass Professor, uh, what he did is he actually kind of came up with the idea. He, uh, he came up with the idea and he, uh, he went to Darren because uh, Darren is really into the, the innovation and all that kind of thing. And so he talked to Darren about it. And so they actually, they kind of designed the uh, uh, the one that you guys see today in stores. Um, and so we went ahead and put the patent on that, and uh, we won our first award for it uh, at ICAST, which was, this was back in 2013 in Vegas. And so, um, so yeah, we won the award there. And then actually, sadly, I think it was just a little bit past that, Doug Hannon passed away. Uh, but you know, we, we still do, we have the patent on the microwave guides. And so that has been how I was introduced to American tackle back in 2014, actually, no, yeah, 2014. Um, you know, it's how a lot of people were introduced to American tackle because it's, uh, definitely it's a game changer. So, so what role exactly do you play in the company? So I am, a lot of us, we, we wear a lot of different hats there at the company. Um, so what I do is I am the pro staff director. Uh, I'm also uh, in charge of promotions. So, you know, like setting up for a lot of big shows like ICAST. Um, I also do some other smaller stuff, manage donations. I do a lot of promotions videos, as you've probably seen, you know, doing them for the pro staff and for uh, some of the angler-oriented products. Um, so we do a lot of stuff there. <laughs> So what did um, the company really focus on before the microwave line guides came out? Like, what was their main selling product before? Because like you said, they've been in business for 30 years. We, we still, I mean, it's always been, first and foremost, it's been rod building, rod components. Uh, uh, before then, American Tackle was pretty much probably known for their blanks, for their rod blanks. Uh, we had a really, really popular line of blanks that I still get people asking for probably on a, a weekly basis called the Viper blanks. Uh, but yeah, so that that was probably one thing that was uh, that we were really well known for was blanks. Before the, uh, but then just, you know, the microwaves is, you know, since that, that's kind of what what is pushed us, you know, pushed us forward for sure. Oh, 100%. I like your hooks. I know you guys do a lot of other terminal tackle, um, soft plastics, hard plastics. I know you have a few crankbaits. Um, what's kind of the story behind that, and how long have you guys been producing terminal tackle on top of rod building? Definitely. Uh, so uh, I would say it's probably been, honestly, it's right around the time I started working for American Tackle. They wow. brought me in uh, because I um, – uh, I was working at Bass Pro Shops here in Orlando. That's where I met Joe and Darren, you know, our our, uh, our president and vice president. Uh, you know, that's where I was first introduced to the microwave guys and all that kind of stuff. So they brought me in um, and with uh, another guy that uh, works at the company, Alex. We both kind of worked uh, together to get that angling, uh, the angling more, like you said, terminal tackle side of the company up and running. Uh, because uh, the thing with us is because we're not a retail company, uh, a, a lot of people don't, you know, we're very well known in the industry, but as far as, you know, 
you walk into any bass pro shops, you know, uh, Dick's Sporting Goods, whatever it might be, and you tell someone or you ask them for American Tackle List, it's not something that's going to roll right off their tongue because we sell to them. You know, we sell to the people that sell to them. You know, people don't think, hey, this is a lose rod or this is a ducket rod or Gerald rod, and it's got microwave, American Tackle microwave guides on it. They just think, you know, it's a it's a Fitzgerald rod, so it's got Fitzgerald parts on. And the thing is, is you know, we sell those microwave guides to Fitzgerald, to Lose, whoever it might be, uh, some real seats, all that kind of different stuff, and then they in turn put them on their rods, and that's what you'll see in stores. So we're kind of that that man behind the curtain, I guess you could say. And we we kind of we want to reach those anglers, you know, those end consumers who want to know who we are. Uh, and so that is where this angling, uh, I guess you could say angling products thing kind of came from. Uh, and it kind of started with the lines. Uh, we have two gray braided lines and a fluorocarbon, uh, which I know John really loves. And um, we were like, this stuff is actually really, really good. We need to do something with this. And so I started doing the pro staff thing uh, and it started to grow. And then it started to grow into other products, you know, uh, because basically the best way I can put it is when we were designing these products, these angling products, it's like, hey, you're going to be fishing. Them. So, you know, we designed something that you're going to be able to fish with, that you're going to like and that you're going to want to use. And so that's what we did. We designed the hooks, we designed the bait, fresh, uh, soft plastics, the hard baits, all that kind of stuff. And that's kind of how we, we started branching out into that. And, and since doing that, um, you're definitely seeing a, a bump in people that it's like, oh, American Tackle, I've heard of your Bushido carbon. I've heard of microwave guides, obviously, you know, this and that. So it, it's definitely been uh, something that's cool to see the growth. You know, I just picked up the Lose uh, Crush Rod and Reel Combo. And yep. uh, when, I, uh, when I picked it up, it had that little tag attached to the microwave line guide there that said American Tackle. And it had info about your company. And uh, I said, oh, yeah, buddy, American Tackle, baby. I said, looked at my wife. I said, this is some good stuff right here. And, uh, yeah, that's really cool, man. Uh, I'm seeing more and more of your products on uh, Bass Pro Shop at the tackle stores. And uh, it's really impressive, man. Appreciate what you got, Johnny? I'm sure you have a ton of questions for Austin here. Uh, Johnny, man, he's you, you look at this guy's pickup truck, and I, well, I think you sold the Vanilla Chew, didn't you? Well, you ought to have seen it before he sold it, man. He had American Tackle stickers all over that sucker. You know, Bushido line, and um, it's pretty cool stuff. I, I have that American Tackle Pro Staff sticker on the back of my SUV, man. But I think anything that that um, that John could have could put a sticker on he had an american tackle sticker on it <laughs> i was constantly in contact with austin you know oh man i got another kayak and i got rid of that other kayak and i need more stickers you know i worked at as much as i could but i you know when i when i came across the american tackle it was through a site called national Pro, and, and you know, my my history in the in the fishing's not that deep at all I was just looking for another hobby to replace my ultramarathon running cycling and, uh, and, and kayak fishing just seemed to be right down that alley. And I, I, a friend of mine said, look onto this, this thing. You can, you can find possibly a, a, a company that you can pro staff for. And, and I immediately saw American tackle and it was the red, white, and blue and the American, and I'm a vet. Honestly, that was the only thing that I knew of this company. So I applied, and graciously, I had a few pictures. I think Austin might have said, okay, let's, let's put this guy on board. But I did not realize what a forced jump serendipitous moment that was, that I, that I was lucky enough to pick American Tackle. And, and it, I literally, this, I... Literally, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. If it were, I truly believe that I'm where I'm at right now, advanced through kayak fishing and my fishing and all of that and learning about technology and meeting the people and where they're at and being with this company that is so innovative in what they do. I lucked out and it's truly helped me. It was a Bushido crankbait that I got 
you know, I qualified for the national championship. You know how much I love the Bushido crankbait. Oh, hundred times. They, they put me in the top five, and I, I love it. So I'm confident I'll be taking them down to Logan Martin. Uh, I'm so sold on, you know, the, the, the crankbaits. I'm super excited for some deep dive and crankbaits to come out. It, Austin, did, what's, the, what's the story on that? Is there anything in the future where we're going to be seeing some deep divers come out of American Tackle? Uh, well, we don't have any in, de- uh, in development right now, but we have been uh, we have been looking at them uh, right now, actually, because uh, this is definitely the time that we're looking. You know that we're looking at different things, uh, looking at some top waters, because uh, that's a big thing for me. Uh, you know, because I'm more of an inshore guy down here in, in Florida, but you know, same idea. You know, is there a spook catches fish all over this country? Uh, so you know, definitely looking for a top water that. Uh, can perform like that, something that we can design. Um, uh, looking into some creature baits, you know, because a lot of people, you know, you mentioned flipping. Uh, flipping is huge down here, uh, whether it's Toho or Okeechobee, whatever it might be. Uh, flipping is huge down here. So looking into some, you know, like a crawl or a beaver tail or a beaver or whatever it might be. Um, looking into some ultra vibe uh, speed worms, uh, mostly because uh, everyone at our company fishes fishes those a lot so we're definitely looking at those you know different different things like that maybe even uh, maybe looking at some new toxic rods so oh that's exciting the jerk baits are just absolutely amazing oh, yeah. uh, that's been a pretty successful thing for american tackle putting those out and um i'm cutting loose uh bird where where is it here hold on one second <laughs> we'll be right back johnny's walked away there Cutting Bert uh, Goodhouse, who's just fell in love with some redfish uh, uh, down there uh, with yep. some of the uh, rattling shrimp here. But uh, these are also pretty good for some smallies on some thin rivers up here in the middle, you know, the Ohio Valley. So this is a really exciting product. Here too. Really? Yeah, I know. I've got a guy, uh, um, and you might you might know him, uh, John from NTS, Chris Pereira. Um, he uh, He's over in the like New Jersey area, and I know that he puts them on his uh, on his teaser rigs for flounder or for, for fluke or whatever you want to call them. I mean, uh, they're a versatile bait. It, it's pretty cool to see people catching, you know, because it, it was designed. Dan, uh, our vice president, designed them uh, for redfish and sea trout and snook, you know, inshore, excuse me, uh, sight fishing, and uh, and to see people using them for all these other things, it's pretty neat. You know, one of the first things fish go to are them eyeballs. Them eyeballs are really durable, too. You know, they're not going to be picked off by those fish. It's a really durable bait, uh, nice weighted hook. And uh, this thing's got segmented, so it, it really works out. And it's got a nice little rattle to it, too. And that is – I didn't know Darren designed that. It, he did. Him and his son. I don't know if you met Alex Klein. Uh, that, that's his son, and they uh, – they were both they were both big fans of fish and shrimp over in our in our Indian River in our Mosquito Lagoon, and so they were like, you know what, some of these different shrimp, uh, and I don't want to name any of them or anything. It's like, hey, we can improve on this, you know, and so they did. They made something cast better. They made, like you said, durability. Um, those things are astoundingly durable. Like I'm fishing with Don, you know, catching some trout, uh, and I uh, had some puffer fish. That were Fighting through the tails of I was using some roots, and I'm like, I'm gonna tie one of these on. They're not gonna be able to fight through this, and they, they didn't. And started catching, you know, you can kind of wade through those fish to the trout and, and the redfish. So, wow, that's something else. That's something that's completely foreign to me. I've uh, I've only been to the ocean one time in my life, but I uh, plan to go again, man. I'd love to do some saltwater fishing. For sure. It is so much fun, and there's just so much of it down here. <laughs> oh, 100%. Um, yeah, I wanted to ask you some fishing questions because, you know, this you like Yak Legion podcast. We love talking fishing. But uh, before that, ICAST coming up, man, 2020. Uh, do you have any hints or tips or any uh, preview of what's in store for what American Tackle is going to present this year? Well, uh, we're working on a couple different things, um, and it, it really just depends um, because we are working on some new versions of the microwaves. 
uh, and they're looking great. You know, and this could be a big thing, uh, especially for the type of fishing that I do. You know, a different size uh, to it because we do multiple different sizes with different applications. Whether it's you know uh, smaller bass fishing, whether it's inshore fishing, if it's surf fishing, or even like like fishing over in Europe. You know, there's all these different sizes. Uh, that we have of the microwave guides. So we're working on that. We're working on some other guides, uh, some insert list guides. Uh, we're working on some some game-changing, I mean game-changing carbon fiber uh, handles, whether it be split grip or if it be uh, like, a, like a full carbon fiber grip. And my goodness, these things, they are sweet. And so we're working on these, making sure we get them right. Uh, so those are some different things that you might be seeing, uh, you know, uh, definitely here in the future. Wow, I'm excited, man. Uh, it'd be definitely be something. <laughs> you going to get down there again, Johnny? Well, you know, the golden ticket lies in the hands of Boston, you know. It was hilarious <laughs> the first time, and, I, and I, I was so gracious for the opportunity to go down there because if you are a, if you're anybody that's into fishing, ICAST is the Mecca. I mean, it's the largest thing in the world when it comes to the fishing trade world. And it's where all of the seats go down. And to have the opportunity to me, just being the schmuck of an angler that I am, and to, to be so new at it, to suddenly have the opportunity to go down there and see that, it blew my mind. And it was like waking up in a dream. It was absolutely awesome. So wow. I'd certainly love to have the opportunity to go down there again. I got a question about the grips there, uh, Austin. Is that part of the CT brand that you guys are carrying right now, that compressed carbon? Or how do they make that? Uh, you have a great uh, handle on the rod, I believe it is, but it's it's a CCT, I believe, Compressed Carbon yep. Technology. Yes, that sir. It's, yes, that's, I'm sorry. Tell me about that, man. That looks yeah. really insane and light. Definitely, yeah. So uh, uh, you you've seen uh, we put up the the, the reels, the latest uh, carbon reels, uh, which are like our premier carbon reel, and, and they're made with our CCT, like you said, uh, compressed carbon technology. Uh, and so that's something that we've been working on for a year or two now. And uh, and then uh, John might have seen we actually dropped a, a newsletter today. Uh, kind of, I guess, an official release of our new CCT real seats. Uh, and so what they are is it's honestly, like you'll have some companies, uh, they talk about it, it being a carbon fiber real seat. And in a way it is, but it, it, it's almost it's almost more nylon. These are true carbon fiber real seats and so they're they're more sensitive they're very light the finish on them is phenomenal um and basically we made them in a couple of our most popular uh spinning models including our aero real seat which is one of the very best, uh one of the very best uh selling spinning seats in the world uh, you'll see them on a few different rods i know fitzgerald uses them um, and I know that some of the Academy brand ones, I know they use all uh, different ones like that. But, so we made a CCT version of it. And I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if people are going to buy the, the regular arrows anymore because the CCT is just like, so sweet. Yeah. I mean, and they are, uh, it's just, it's just such a, it's such a cool innovation that we were able to do, uh, some of our designers, uh, the look and the feel, and I, I might have mentioned it earlier, uh, they increase sensitivity uh, quite a bit. You know, it, it almost feels like you're holding the bank. So, yeah. Uh, they, they, and, and you can view these online through American Tackle. I think just get American Tackle homepage. I think they're, you got the CCT up there. Uh, we have a, something about it so people can check that out. Can, is that also on American Tackle Angler products? Uh, the, you'll see the reels. Uh, you'll see the CCT reels, the carbon reels. You'll see those on the American Technical Angler Products uh, uh, website. Uh, but for the uh, for the real seats, you should only be able to see those on our .us website. Because we have the two. For those who don't know, we have the two different sites. Uh, pretty much because you know, for the longest time, it's been a rod company, and so you have these rod builders, and they go to the website. 
and you know it, it can be kind of confusing whether you know, I'm just looking for winding checks or real seats for rod building, and then the same thing could be for anglers. So like, what is a winding check? What is a real seat? I want to buy some fishing line, you know. So we have two different uh, separate websites that you know they link back and forth, but it's a little bit. It, it, it's definitely helps lessen that confusion. Uh, for the last, uh, actually, it's going right on a year since we've had that uh, that Angler product site. So, wow, man! Where all can people find American Tackle? I know you guys are on Facebook. Are you guys on Instagram? Um, what all web pages do you guys um, back? Yep, we're uh, we're on Facebook. We have several different uh, Facebooks. We have a uh, uh, we have our corporate page, our American Tackle corporate page. Uh, and then we also have a, uh, a rod building page, uh, which is for, you know, anyone that's just a fan of rod building. They don't even you know you don't even have to use American Tackle components, uh, but you can get on there and people, you know, they, they bring up really cool questions. You know, it's almost kind of like a forum. People will bring up maybe different builds done, different things like that. Um, but we do have an Instagram page as well. Uh, actually, in the last year, we've really been focusing on our YouTube account, really good YouTube account, uh, you know, working on that quality of videos, uh, different things like that. Uh, and then even recently, uh, a little bit on Twitter. I'm not as familiar with Twitter, but our uh, our uh, social media guy, John, he's been doing the Twitter lately and uh, we've been seeing some really good, you know, feedback on there as well. So. Really? I didn't know a lot of fishing people be on Twitter. That's why I kind of stayed away from it. I think I'm on every other platform but Twitter. Yeah, me too. Me too. That's what I thought. I've actually talked to a couple of, you know, pretty decent-sized names, and they're telling me, they're like, you know, honestly, the outdoor industry is on Twitter more than you would think. You know, hunting, camping, fishing, kayaking, it's on there more than you would think which uh, I'm starting to see more and more. So it's it's interesting. Well, I might have to make a Twitter account and go, tweet, 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 tweet. (laughs) Share my voices and opinions. But that might turn people off. I don't know. (laughs) That's funny stuff. Let's go to commercial break real quick. We'll hear a word from my sponsors. And we will be right back with John Graves and Austin Todd of American Tackle. And here is a word from our sponsors, Venom Lures in Lancaster, Ohio. They're known for their great soft plastics and terminal tackle. They've been providing quality products from right here in Ohio since 1984. Mr. Dustin Carnes is the new owner and inventor of the DK rig. It's a weedless version of the Ned rig that's taken the fishing world by storm. You can check them out at VenomLures.com. Our next one is Strictly Sale. It's located on Kenwood Road in Blue Ash, Ohio. They sell Hobie, New Canoe, Phil Freeze, Three Waters, uh, Johnny Boats, and they've been providing high quality service to fishermen and watercraft enthusiasts since 1978. Reach out to Brian Tacey at 513-984-1907 or you can check them out at StrictlySaleInc.com. We have American Tackle, baby, the inventors of the microwave line guide system. Great company, run by a great guy, Austin Todd. Definitely definitely check them out. Their fishing rods are far superior. And then lastly, Fishing Real Fishing Company. They help make the logo of the Yak Legion. Great company. Check them out at realfishingco.com. All right, we are back with Austin Todd, John Graves. So, man, we, let's get into some fish talk, man. I know you're an avid fisherman. Uh, you do mostly saltwater fishing, or are you more of a freshwater guy? Yeah, so I'm I'm more of a uh, an inshore saltwater kind of guy. So you know, uh, uh, like estuaries and kind of near shore type deal. Um, over here on the on the east coast uh, of Florida, central Florida, like we're on that, you have uh, what's called the Florida Space Coast. And you've got these couple of, uh, uh, they're they're lagoons, basically, you know, these these non-tidal estuaries, uh, the Mosquito Lagoon, the Indian River, and the Atlanta River. And uh, just uh, world-class redfish, uh, sea trout fishing, 
uh, some smoke as well, uh, some tarpon, different things like that. So that's a little bit more uh, and a more what I do. Uh, I do uh, definitely do some bass fishing as well, uh, but definitely uh, inshore fishing is, is where my where my heart is. Man, tarpon, that's definitely a bucket list list fish for me, man. I want to get get after on a kayak. And uh, you know that big bridge you always see on Outdoor Channel when they're catching them huge freaking tarpons? I don't know where exactly that is, but I want to go there, and I want to catch a tarpon longer than my Hobie PA-12. So I want a 12-foot tarpon or longer. I, I think they get pretty dang big down there, man. That would be something else to battle, one of them big fish in a kayak, man. That's something else. They are – I haven't found a fish yet that – doesn't want to come in as much as they don't want to um you know pound for pound i wouldn't say they're the hardest fighting fish as far as you know just these screaming drag runs but what they do is they go out you know they they run 50 yards of line and you bring them up to the boat to the kayak to shore wherever you're fishing and they get a gulp of air because they can come up and they can actually they can get a gulp of air almost kind of like bar can uh, down here um and then you know kind of rejuvenate something do it again and you do that you rinse and repeat about 20 times and then they finally come in <laughs> so they do not want to come in and obviously uh they are jumping the entire time trying to throw your jig or whatever whatever you might have hooked them on trying to rub through your uh through your leader because their mouths are so uh abrasive so stand papery uh and they're they're just you know, they're just the ultimate game fish. They're, they're so much fun. <laughs> that would be amazing, man. What about you, Johnny? Can you see yourself fighting the tarpon? <laughs> my, my thought is the closest thing that I've ever, well, the closest I've ever been to a tarpon was down at the Cayman Islands, and I went swimming. And I just happened to have some chicken tenders with me. And I and these fish, these tarpon were coming up in this clear blue water swimming up toward me and they were rubbing up against me scared me to death but i found out they love chicken tenders and so my question austin because i've heard that they're very uh they're very fish that spook very easy mm -hmm. right so it does is that just happen to be a bunch of tarpon that are used to to folks like me jumping in the water with some chicken tenders down yeah. cape island and and then you're yeah. more wild type person. Not had yeah. that obviously. Yeah, there's a lot of places here in Florida. Uh, the most, uh, probably the most famous one is down in uh, down in Key West. It's called Robbie's. It's like a restaurant bar type deal. And you can sit there and you can hand feed them, you know. Uh, and, and people, you know, all the time they do it. And, and like you said, you know, they, they get used to people and they know that they're you're not allowed to fish around there. So they, they know that they're not going to get caught, you know. Uh, so they don't really get harassed too much. But like you said, when, when they're actually uh, not in a place like that, and there's, you know, a couple across the state here. And obviously, like you said, in the Cayman Islands, different places like that, more touristy areas. Uh, but they can be an extremely spooky fish. Like you said, they can be very hard to... Uh, uh, it can be very hard to get them to eat and even harder to keep them hooked when you do get them to eat because they jump so much, they'll land on your line, they'll break your line, they'll rub through your line. Like I said, their mouths are very abrasive. Um, and it, it's it, it's very tough. You know, you'll hear people talk about uh, you bow to the king uh, when they jump. You got you to gotta kind of lean towards them and take that pressure off that jig. Otherwise, they're, they're going to spit it out of their mouth. So... Wow, Battle of the King, man. That's something else. They really are the king in those waters down there. That's amazing. What's your biggest one you've ever caught? Uh, biggest one I've ever caught, I, I've hooked ones well over 120, uh, which honestly, you know, the that, like I know people that have hooked them over 200, <laughs> but I've hooked them well over 120. The biggest one I've ever actually landed was probably about 70 pounds. Um, it, it was, it was a decent sized fish and that was on one of the best nights of fishing I've ever had. Cause I jumped, uh, from land, you know, from shore and in the middle of the night. Uh, I, I think I jumped me and my uncle, I think we jumped about 15 of them that night. And that was actually the smallest one. They kept breaking us off 
because we had way too light a tackle on that. I was finally, I remember him looking over my shoulder saying, oh, that one's a little bit smaller. You should be able to land that one. And I was able to land that one. But, uh, yeah, that, like I said, they are tough to land, man. <laughs> I you know what? Go on, Johnny. I really don't think I'd know what to do. I mean, so take take a novice like myself. All of a sudden, I go fishing with you. What kind of a rod, what kind of line do you got in your, and what kind of lure are you using to catch a big tarpon like that? So for that, and, and remember, this is this is vastly outclassed. But um, the rod that I was using, I was using one of our Bushido blanks. Uh, it was made by one of our pro staffers. Actually, that was when I was introduced to American Tech on the Microwave Guides. I, I, when I was at Bass Pro Shops, I won a, uh, a raffle and I won that rod. Um, and so I would, I would catch fish on and send pictures to the people at American Tackle, you know, kind of keep them updated on it. So I was using this rod, and basically it was a seven foot two, I guess you could kind of put it in between a medium and a medium heavy spin rod. Um, I was using a 4,000 size Shimano Stratic spinning reel, and I would have had 20 pound braid on at the time. And 50 pound fluorocarbon leader, which still wasn't good. <laughs> um, and throwing half ounce, uh, half ounce jigs. So, you know, uh, like a half ounce jig head uh, with, uh, at that time, I was probably throwing a Z Man uh, swim bait body on it, like a four or five inch swim bait body, and uh, throwing that on the full moon down in Southwest Florida. And uh, uh, they were thumping it. And, and that was that was outclassed. I should have been using probably an eight foot medium heavy with probably a five six thousand size spinning reel and probably thirty pound braid and probably sixty to eighty pound carburetor that night. Wow, man, that's something else. And I know um, another bucket list fish down there in Florida, the peacock bass. Man, you ever chase after those? Yep, yeah, that was that was a more recent one. Because so I've uh, I've lived in Florida my entire life, uh, Central Florida my entire life, and so we got to go just a little bit further south uh, to get them. And so this past uh, the day after I two days after I cast this past year, 2019, uh, we were pretty uh, we were pretty worked out. You know, we uh, we had a long week, a good week, uh, winning the award and everything. So. Uh, me and five other eighteen boys, we, uh, we we got a hotel down in uh, like the Boynton Beach area of Florida, a little bit uh, a little bit south of Jupiter, Florida, but not quite to Miami or Fort Lauderdale. Um, and we went and fished uh, in the Lake Worth area. Uh, so there's a there's a couple of lakes there that uh, anyone that kind of fished that area they would know Lake Ida, Lake Osborne, uh, and they're actually connected. Uh, but uh, so we were able to target. We caught a uh, peacock bass, uh, plenty of those, um, which, you know, that is a really cool fish. Um, most people, you know, you, you think of the large metal, you think bass, right? When you're, uh, when you're thinking of them, I'll tell you the fish I would compare them to the most is that they, wow, they're, really? they're really neat because they're really tall, they're, uh, really tall, you know, they're, they're pretty thin, but they're tall and they dig, they dig like a grouper, you know? when you're bottom fishing except you're catching them on light spinning tackle um so but it, it's just it's a different world down there man because you've got all the iguanas and the trees and all these like exotic birds um and then you're catching all these exotic you know aquarium fish you know you're catching peacock bass lion um, cichlids which are uh, kind of like a really exotic bluegill a much bigger hardier uh exotic bluegill um and then the coolest one, the rarest one, it's one of the rarest fish in our Western Hemisphere here, uh, were clown knife fish, uh, which I believe they're, I believe they're originally from Malaysia. And people put them in their aquariums. And uh, after Hurricane Andrew, which was a really big hurricane that hit here in Florida in 1992, I think it was, uh, people were, you know, abandoning, abandoning their houses down in southwest Florida and they dump out their aquariums. And so you have all these invasive, you know, you have, well, the peacock bass were, they were brought in in the 80s before that. Uh, but now you have these uh, these clown nightfish, which, you know, I, I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of them, but they are a wacky, wacky looking fish. Um, and, and 
really cool thing about them is they swim backwards, um, which is really neat. They're they're one of the coolest, uh, creepy creepy fish you'll ever see. Um, and it really is. It's one of the rarest fish you'll catch in the Western Hemisphere. You can only catch them in pretty much one or two counties in the Western Hemisphere here in Florida. So wow. it, it's Holy moly. Now, I, I saw a friend of mine. He went down there after peacock bass here recently. Oh, uh, well, you know, sometime over the winter. And there was monkeys and stuff in the woods. Is there freaking monkeys in Florida? <laughs> I never heard that. So I don't okay. know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe what I was tripping out that. or something, man. I thought he he's supposed to picture the monkeys and crap. I'm like, I didn't know there was monkeys in Florida. I heard a skunk ape in Florida. I've never heard any monkeys down there. I've heard of those, but I didn't. I ain't never heard of uh, monkeys. I mean, we do have some crazy things like the Nipple We have like, huge, huge uh, anacondas and boa constrictors because they've, once again, they've been, uh, and pythons because they've been released there. And they're really starting to, like the iguanas, they're really starting to live down there. Um, and even a, a handful, like a handful of cobras that were probably released. Um, but oh. <laughs> I've never heard of What's that? Cobras in Florida? I've heard of a couple of them, very, very few. I'm talking like on one hand, I've heard of them. Um, and they were more than likely released and, you know, they might have babies. But I don't think the climate is quite, you know, where they can't they can't really take off like the pythons, uh, the Burmese pythons have, because actually the Burmese pythons are starting to be a nuisance down here. Yeah, they're doing bounties on them, aren't they? Yes, sir. I know they're paying people to shoot them. Uh, kind of like they did with Nutria in, Lu- in Louisiana. Did you guys get hit with the Nutria plague down there? No, no. I, uh, I, I've heard of them being around, but I've actually, I've never personally seen them. Here. Yeah, they were, they're big muskrat. They're the muskrat size of a house cat, basically. And uh, they do a lot of damage. And uh, there was a bounty on those, basically, by Nutria tails. And they were paying you for them, just like they're doing the Burmese python. So, man, that, that's something else. It's almost like you guys are down there in South America or something, you know. It's uh, all the exotic animals, man. And then you got Bigfoot running around somewhere down there. That's crazy, man. That'd be cool, man. I'm, I'm a big reptile guy. And uh, oh, I would just love running the swamps of Florida because they had alligators, man. And they got alligator snapping turtles and they've got yeah. freaking water moccasins down there. And they've got creatures I've never even seen before. I imagine, man. And dude, I would have a ball. I would love it, dude. You're lucky. You're lucky living in Florida. You're not up here in Ohio when it's 30 degrees right now and we're freezing our butts off. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I, trust me, man. I love Florida. I, I love living here. Now, groupers, you said you caught a grouper before, and I've seen some video on YouTube with a guy on a kayak, and this grouper, man, it's just tugging him all around the bay, man. I mean, those things get like three, 400 pounds, don't they? It, it depends on the species. You can catch some black that are that big. Um, the, the most famous one is the Goliath grouper, though. Uh, those, you, honestly, they get they get bigger. They get. I've seen one six, seven hundred pounds. I mean, they are massive, and they're uh, they're an interesting fish, you know, because they they don't necessarily fight. It's just like it's like you hooked into a Volkswagen beetle, uh, beetle trying to pull one up. <laughs> is basically what it is. I mean, they're uh, they're crazy, man. And you you can find videos of uh, these Goliath grouper, and uh, they'll come up and they'll eat like a whole shark that's on the pot, or maybe even a tarpon or something like that. I mean, and they will literally just come up and eat them because they are so massive. I mean, they're uh, they're a pretty cool fish. Speaking of sharks, do you guys do any shark fishing down there? Somewhat, you know, honestly, when you grow up in Florida, it, it's a bycatch, you know? I mean, like, there, there's, a, there's a huge culture down here that's really taken off, uh, I would say, in the last probably five to ten years, which is beach shark fishing, where guys take, like, big, you know, uh, like, eight to, like, ten-foot rods and big, deep-sea, you know, big, uh, conventional-style reels, and they'll sit there and they'll catch these huge sharks. I mean, I'm talking like I've, I've had some buddies that caught 14 foot hammers off the beach. You know, their, their bait is they take a big stingray and they'll pretty much take like 
a wing from the stingray and they'll kayak them out there and then you know they'll they'll uh, they'll sit on or they'll sleep in their uh, sleeping bags there on the beach and they'll wait for the clicker to go off and uh, it's it's pretty cool to see you know uh, that's a, that's a type of fishing that's really taken off but you know like for me and a lot of the people I know uh, sometimes especially during snapper season you only get six seven days to catch a snapper and you can't get away from the stupid sharks man I mean we call them tax men. So, I mean, you, you can't scream them sometimes. <laughs> Holy moly. I know that's becoming popular because we have a, a couple yeah. local guys around here. Uh, Rob Orr, um, I, I don't know if you've heard of him or not. He's like the striper king of Cincinnati. Catches big hybrid stripers down here in the rivers. And he did a vacation this year. I think they went to, um, I think it was Hilton Head Island, actually, in South Carolina. I might be mistaken on that. I think it's one of the Carolinas. And he was down there, and they had PVC pipes that they would stick down in the sand. And they had these big freaking riding reels. I mean, you know, 10, 12, 11 footers. And uh, there were surf fishing for him down there, right off the right off the beach, and catching you know nurse sharks. I think they were and catching big ones. I think the biggest one they had was uh, like uh, seven or eight feet. And uh, that man, that looked like a lot of fun down there. And I come from a background where I used to really enjoy catfishing. I still do sometimes. But that kind of reminds me of catfish a little bit, you know, because they're a predator fish. You're casting a big chunk of meat out there. Then you sit there and wait forever. But, uh, man, it's rewarding when you're waiting out there for a few hours, man. And like you said, those guys out there sleeping, and they're waiting for that alarm to wake them up, man. And then it's a fight of a lifetime when you're fighting a giant shark and trying to reel it up on the beach. Man, that would be amazing. Yeah. So uh, on the Yak Legion podcast here, um, I like to get fishing stories out of people, and I know you shared a couple, but maybe um, if you wouldn't care to share one tonight, and it could be something funny, it could be something tragic, it could be something hilarious or sad, anything you could think of. What's what's a prevalent fishing story that really comes to mind? Uh, that's a good question. Um, you know, one I was actually just talking about it either yesterday or today to a walk-in there at, at the at the at 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 American Tackle. Because uh, they were from up north and they were asking about alligators, and I've had, uh, you know, living living in Central Florida your entire life, I've I've definitely seen and, and caught my fair share of alligators, and wow. you know, people coming down here and they're terrified of them, um, and you know, it, you could look it up on my Instagram later here. There's a video of me, uh, and I'm in the, the Mosquito Lagoon area that I mentioned earlier, and I caught a, a saltwater uh, catfish. And you can see I've got about an eight or a nine foot alligator about and I'm standing in the water. I'm wade fishing and I've got him about five feet away from me. And he's eating this catfish that's on the end of my line. And uh, so I, I'm trying to get it away from him. So, you know, I can save. I had a popping cork uh, on there and I didn't want to really lose the popping cork. Uh, and so, you know. I start to pull it to me. I'm like, wait, that's not a good idea. You know, I pull the catfish out of his mouth. And so I pull it off to the side and you can see it in this video I've got on Instagram. And this alligator literally runs and he's parallel with me to the shoreline. And I'm, I'm standing in knee deep of water and people are like, you're crazy. But the thing is, you know, you, you grow up with a abuse girl and you know, you realize he's not focused on me. He's focused on that catfish. He's been fed way too many times where he's at, and he's maybe she uh, she's gotten way too used to being fed, and so you know they uh, you know not aggressive towards me in any way, but I show people this video and it just blows their mind. They think I'm out of my mind. <laughs> so, well, I know they discourage a lot of people for feeding the gators. Because that makes it real dangerous when people go out there, especially at the tours, the boat tours, and they throw meat to the gators to kind of bring them up to the boat for people to see. And that, that can be very dangerous because it's, you know, they're losing their fear of humans. And that's where it gets dangerous. And I heard, um, especially during mating season, that they get real ornery around mating season. They can get real aggressive that time. And um, it's dangerous, man. I had Jody Queen. I know I've mentioned this on the podcast a few times before. Um, I think he was down there at um, Okeechobee. And a kayak, a 12-foot uh, a gator latched onto his kayak. 
and he was in a bona fide, and he actually had to beat it off with a paddle, um, hit the alligator, busted the alligator's eye, and then he he booklined it to the boat ramp, and he said that alligator just followed him right straight to the boat ramp. And I imagine that him in that situation, you have an alligator telling you, you're pulling that kayak up 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 the boat ramp, and you're throwing it in the truck, get the hell out of there as fast as you can, man. And uh, I guess that was during mating season where they get real aggressive and they're kind of getting more territorial that time of year. But I've heard a lot of stories of some guys I fish with go down there and the alligators don't, don't really bother people too often. It, it, it's not a, a super common thing by any means. You know, um, I've had them bump my kayak before. Excuse me. I've had them bump my kayak, uh, but I've never had one. Honestly, that was probably the closest I've ever had to one being aggressive towards me. And I still, you know, just being familiar with them my entire life, I knew it wasn't being aggressive towards me. You know, and even I'm trying to, you know, I'm lobbing sticks at it to go away. You know, but it wants that catfish. And we were, we were catching some small, uh, we were catching some real small, I'm talking like two to three pound juvenile tarpon. And they jump out of the water a lot. So they're the, the alligators, they hear that, they see that. And so, you know, I'm rushing up on shore and there's a ledge where they, it'd be kind of hard for it to climb the alligator. And so, I'm, you know, I'm taking the tension off and I'm walking down and putting the water somewhere else. But um, they uh, I haven't had too many run ins with them. And, you know, a lot of the times I'll be wave fishing because I'm a big fan of wave fishing. They'll come up and, you know, you just even if you just kind of poke them on top of the head with the end of your rod and they're just they're going to take off. You know, they're they're. They're, they're not very smart, but they're very curious. And so, you know, they want to come up and see what you're doing, see what you are, if you're going to give them some food, uh, which unfortunately a lot of people still do. So. so while you've tangled with an alligator before, I have a question for Johnny. This is kind of funny. It just came to my mind. So if you had a choice between these two situations, which one would you prefer? Um, fighting a grizzly bear over a salmon or fighting an alligator over a tarpon. <laughs> You're gonna lose either way. What would be the what you know, a bear's gonna play with you a little bit before it kills you. Yeah. Uh but a gator is I think don't don't gators just like grab you and take you down and bury you in the mud deep down. Yeah, they drown you and then they eat you. They, they bite you, they grab your arm, they grab your leg, whatever it might be, and they do what's called the death roll. And uh, that's, you know, what they do to any kind of creature. You know, you see them grab a bird or something, and uh, that's how they, you know, that's how they kill them. Yeah, see, I think that would probably be the, my choice because, in, you know, Johnny died in a terrible death roll. Sounds a lot better than just being used as a soccer ball by a big grizzly for about yeah. two and days i i i don't know <laughs> they both scare me you know i mean thinking about fishing and you know i love the fish i love the fish but man the water freaks me out as far yeah. as getting into water and deep water dark water that i can't i'm not sure i love the state of florida uh it's always talking about maybe moving down there but good lord i mean you do have to uh work around some somewhat freakishly there's a lot of circuses and stuff that start down there and train in florida so i'm sure a lot of those things like you might have heard monkeys down there <laughs> you might have I, i'll tell you what i i would much it's a no-brainer for me i'd rather mess with an alligator than a grizzly that's no doubt about that do you watch River Monsters? You ever seen that episode, Jeremy Wade? And he's reeling in salmon. And they're actually having to cut their lines when the grizzlies come after the salmon. Because it's like, you know, you got a monster salmon coming in, but you're not going to fight the grizzly bear over it. You know? <laughs> I think I would cut the line and just let the grizzly have it. Yeah. Well, awesome, man. I, I have... Yeah, I don't want to keep you all night, man. I appreciate you coming on the show. You have any final questions for, for – uh, Austin there, Johnny? Uh, uh, no, not necessarily. I'm pretty excited about, uh, you know, um, what's what's happening. I mean, this year is going to be a fun time to watch American Tackle. I do want to mention the, uh, the AmericanTackleAnglerProducts.com. That's where uh, 
general schmucks like myself and Zach can go there. We can find the Bushido products and we can find the uh, line. We can find uh, uh, the reels uh, and all of that kind of stuff. And then for the rod builders, uh, that's a, that just go to the American Tackle uh, website. Is that correct? Yes, sir. AmericanTackle.us. Okay. So check AmericanTackle.us and AmericanTackleAnglerProducts.com. Yes, sir. And, man, Austin, it's been it's good to see you, buddy. I love you. Always have a good looking tan. You always have a great glow. Maybe that is Florida life. Your smile is always huge, and and I know. Uh, really busting good luck with the big building down there it looks like a nasa project it's huge it is it, awesome man absolutely love it um you know and uh actually i'll tell you what you seeing nasa made me think of one thing real uh real quick too is i remember uh, a couple of years ago driving over to the mosquito lagoon like i mentioned and uh, i mentioned this the space coast you can see nasa you can see their vehicle, vehicle assembly building uh so it's pretty neat and i remember it was midnight uh around midnight driving out to go do some night fishing catching some snook and tarpon and seeing a bunch of people on the side of the road and so i'm like oh i wonder why everyone's out here you know and uh so i get out there it's me and my uncle who taught me how to fish you know basically like my dad great guy um and we're out there and we're fishing and it's dark we're getting eaten alive by bugs absolutely eaten alive <laughs> and uh out of nowhere it's daylight i mean just daylight and you and then everything starts to shake the water shakes you know there's bait fish jumping up out of the water and you feel like you're shaking and then you see that orange light as that uh, as that rocket lifts off and you're looking at it parallel. Like most people, you know, they're looking towards the ocean. They're looking to the east to see it. I'm looking to the south to see that I'm level with this rock going. And I got to tell you, that was one of the coolest things I have ever seen is just watching it go daylight for about a minute and a half and just feeling like everything around you is shaking as this rocket goes off and you're catching fish and, and getting to see it with my uncle. You know, it. it it's a special thing. It's really cool. Well, Austin, uh, let me ask you this question then. So, I don't know. Maybe Florida doesn't sound that bad. So, do you have maybe like a couch or something that me and Zach can crash on? For just <laughs> right out there? I'll tell you what. I got a great tent if you guys are interested. I might take that one yes, out, man. I'll bring my tent down there. I got a, I got a big three room tent. Johnny Johnny stayed in it before we went to Gunnersville, and uh, it's like a little cottage, man. It's nice. <laughs> we'll just end up up in your backyard, man. We'll set up a little camp back here, you know, and uh, we'll do some fishing, go after some bass. <laughs> it would be the work. Love to have you guys down here. Yeah, would love to have you guys down here and, and uh, get you on some fish and stuff. I wish I could have gotten uh, John on some fish this past year for ICAST, but, you know, that's just literally, it's our busiest month of the year. You know, oh, we're getting ready for it. We got to tear down. We got to set up. And and uh, and so, you know, but definitely would like to get you on, get you guys on some of those Florida fish because it, uh, it, it lives up to the hype. Wow, man. That's awesome. So before we end this, you have any shout outs you want to give, man? Anybody you want to thank? Uh, I mean, thank both of you. Thank both of you guys. Because you guys are great pro staffers. It was cool to hear, you know, to hear, uh, uh, to hear John's side, you know, uh, remember, remember seeing John at the very beginning. I remember Darren going, holy crap, you know, we need to get this guy using our stuff because the guy's a, a natural promoter you know and i was like yeah i'm uh i'm in agreement that's why i'm showing him to you there and uh and then you know john uh introduced me to you zach you know and, and working with you and appreciate you guys because uh our team of pro staff uh, you guys are definitely helping us get the products out there doing stuff like this man i mean doing this uh doing this podcast this is this is helping us you know like i talked about earlier bridge that gap uh get us uh, getting us to the consumers and 
uh, we've got just an absolute army of awesome pro staffers, you know, uh, that we uh, that we love and appreciate you guys for sure. Man, I really like to hear that, man. And I thank you again for coming on. Like I said earlier, I know you're a busy man. And we've been talking back and forth on Facebook for a few months now, trying to work it out. We finally made it happen, man. So that's awesome. And I want to thank everybody for listening to Yak Legion tonight. And I appreciate everybody coming on every week and staying tuned. And it's been a real, real pleasure talking to everybody every week and having a new guest on and I get to meet new people and make new friends and uh, it's been a real blessing. So thank you all for listening. Check out American Tackle online. Check out their products. They got awesome rods. They got Terminal Tackle. Everything you need, man. Have a good one.